you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Hey, what's going on? It's Greg Rosenthal. Before we get to the big podcast today, I'm going to tell you a little bit about FanDuel. FanDuel. You know, uh, your playoffs and fantasy winding down i'm in the semifinals this week but if you're out of luck you can sign up for a one-week league at fanduel.com matt nichols matty boy from ohio turned a 25 dollars deposit into over 25 grand playing fantasy football on fanduel it's one-week fantasy leagues the money is real they send you cash money after you win go to fanduel.com click on the microphone in the upper right hand corner use our code around and sign up. New Year's are special. Gives you a bonus of up to 200 bucks on your first deposit. For every dollar you deposit, they'll match up to $200. If you put that code in, around, you're going to get some cash. Again, that code is around. And if you help out FanDuel, you're helping out the Around the League podcast. Now let's, uh, let's get to the show. The Around the NFL podcast simply enjoys the buffet. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. What's happening? Thursday. Thursday show. I'm loving this. Week 15. This is a, Sometimes people kind of, you know, you're losing a little energy here. It's late in the season, the holidays. But, like, you know, this is the biggest game the Browns have had. In eight years, it's the biggest game the Bills have had. These are all the games that matter for the Jets, season this Titans, week. Jets, Titans, Sunday, okay. That's all big. the biggest marbles. game the Bills have had since what, 2004? You know, like these are the games we've been building towards since all those crappy uh, April podcasts. By the, they were not crappy, sir. <laughs> we won a stitcher uh, because of those crappy April podcasts. Mark, are you willing to say we've passed the halfway point of the season now? I think we're about there. <laughs> yeah, there's still like ten more weeks of action. If you can factor in coaching searches, coaching searches, the head into the combine. I, there's no, we're never at halfway. Black point. Monday, two weeks from Monday. It seems so How soon. is that possible? Oh the season just started. Whew. What's Black Monday? When the, Whoa. Uh, well, we don't, we're not supposed to, to use those words, but when the, hey, noob. when the coaches, you know, change jobs and whatnot. Oh, that's a nice way season. of saying. I thought it had something to do with Christmas. When something. the coaches no. get S-canned right after the season <laughs> ends. <laughs> That is Black Monday because gotcha. in, in their lives, and remember, these are people too, it's a dark day. Black is dark. Got to sell the house. Got to get your children into new schools. A lot going on there. Exactly. So big show today, big Thursday show. We have, uh, as we always do, we're going to go through every Sunday game and the Monday night game, preview, and uh, go through all those games, share some hot takes, hashtag, uh, and also a little, a little dash of mirth which is always good. People like that. But really good analysis from a bunch of football heads in the rooms in the room. I just love being in, in the uh, in the 
in the presence of greatness with all these football heads. That was so sarcastic. <laughs> um, so anyway, but and of course, before we get to any of that, uh, we are going to, as promised, we're going to bring back our stick a fork in them series. It's mm. time. We we escaped to the conference room. Danish coffee. Mark, you had tea, which I like. No, I had coffee. And oh, you I don't, had. You tea. don't drink coffee. That's right. I had the I had the tea, and we three teams came out of it. Um, their season's damned. over. They're damned. They're done. They're considering not playing this week. Yeah, so we're gonna get to that. But first, we have to check in on our uh, Thursday night football. The, what team do we have uh, working the game tonight? Is it the A team or the B team? A plus team. A plus team. No, this is the B team. This is the Greg and Wes oh, combination. Gr- Greg That's and Wes combo. B team. Take it away, guys. <laughs> Tell us about the Arizona Cardinals St. Louis Rams showdown. Thank you, Dan. This is the A team, and congrats, Dan, starting off the week with a hero pick. He got the Arizona Cardinals going to St. Louis and getting a win and almost clinching a playoff spot. They get it 12-6 to in a crazy game where they lose their quarterback again. Ryan Lindley comes in, but it doesn't matter. The Cardinals are too tough. Chris Wessling, you loved everything about this game. That's not true. <laughs> this was a boring game, but it had a fairly exciting finish and a great quote from Bruce Arians afterwards, basically chastising you, me, and Mark for not picking a team that is eleven and three versus, as Arian says, a team that finishes seven and nine or eight and eight well, every year. Well, he says eight and eight. He said there's an ele- he was getting emotional, like he was almost crying because this game virtually clinches the playoff spot. They're in the playoffs with eleven wins unless the Eagles and Cowboys tie on Sunday. And he was mad that everyone was picking against them, that they were underdogs. And he said, "There's an eleven and three team, and then there's a team that's always eight and eight. You figure it out." Oh yeah, <laughs> that's why he's he's the best, and and maybe he knows in his heart he doesn't know what's next for this team. That maybe they've accomplished what they can accomplish because Drew Stanton went down with a knee injury. We don't know the severity of it now. Ryan Lindley came in. They already had a six point lead. They did move the ball a little bit with Lindley enough to get the win, but it's hard to imagine this team winning games from here on out with him at quarterback. Yeah, Lindley's not the answer. They might have to actually go to Logan Thomas. I, I mean, figure they will. Yeah, I, he he said he went with the experience in this game. But it's telling that with his fourth quarterback of the year in the game, Arians is still dialing up downfield passes while Jeff Fisher is passing up fourth, fourth and short on multiple occasions. Mm. And the more aggressive coach won. It's no surprise. Right. Fisher had a fourth and one in the red zone. In the first quarter, he took the field goal. He had a fourth and inches on the goal line. He had third and inches on the goal line, and he, th- he calls a pass, and then he calls a field goal, and they end up losing by six points. So they deserve to lose. There was nothing about this game that they were better than the Cardinals at. It was not a good-looking game. But who was the better, best running back in this game? Kerwin Williams. Kerwin Williams. Who had the best pass rush by far in this game? Well, the Rams almost had a Golston. They they have one quarterback hit right. on Stanton and and Lindley. So you're telling me you go into St. Louis, you run the ball better than them with Kerwin Williams, and you have a much better and more dynamic pass defense. And that's what these two teams are kind of about right now is defense. They deserve it. And if the Cardinals want to, you know, with all the quarterback problems, they can hang their hat on the rushing game, which Kerwin Williams averaging 5.2 yards per carry the last two games. Andre Ellington was averaging 1.9 over the previous month. And Stephon Taylor has a change of pace, making a couple people miss. Um, He's looked good. Obviously, this is a team that's going to have to figure out if Stanton can get back. Uh, to see what kind of hope they have. It's hard to imagine them competing against the Seahawks next week if he's not at quarterback. It, w- it was a tall order as it was. But at 11 wins now, you know, you got a few weeks maybe to figure it out. And who knows, you you might be a road team going to the winner of the NFC South. That's not the worst thing in the world. That's a good point. That's That might be best-case scenario for them. Right, get a win in the playoffs. And, and the Rams, who we've talked up as the best team under 500 all year, uh, really had a poor performance. The offense couldn't do anything at all. Five straight three and outs to start the second half. The defense was was good, but it wasn't as dynamic as you would hope. So even though they've been better this year, they still do the same thing the Cardinals and the Seahawks do, but they don't do it as well. 
eight straight punts in the second and third quarters. I mean, that's that's terrible. You can't win like that. Yeah, Arians was nice. This team's not even going to go eight and eight probably right now. After, yeah, after he, he was nice. They usually go seven and nine. They're going to go seven and nine. And uh, to talk about some other teams that are a little more exciting, let's send it back to the rest of the guys. All right. Excellent job there, B-team. Moving up the old <laughs> alphabet chart. Uh, all right. So, it's time. And, you know, again, like we were saying with Black Monday earlier, we don't dwell on this like it's a good thing that we're talking doom about people. These are fan bases that really wanted their team to do well. Mm. And some, some of the teams we might about to bring up, because as we've said, we've been uh, we've decided to be a little more daring this year. Their seasons aren't necessarily over, but we have decided that the season is over. This is... Stick a fork in them. The stick a fork in them series. <laughs> Here lies the San Francisco 49ers, who passed away this season when their Super Bowl window unexpectedly closed on them. In lieu of flowers, please offer a silent prayer for Colin Kaepernick's potential. Who's got it better than us? Many. <laughs> <laughs> Well done. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? Seven and six. Trip to Seattle. We'll be talking about that shortly. Uh, not a great spot for them. So there's a very good chance they're going to be seven and seven in uh, the next uh, 72 hours. And there's no coming back from that in the NFC. They're going to end. Seahawks are going to end their season and the Harbaugh era in one game. It wouldn't be shocking if they didn't win a game the rest of the year and ended the season on a five-game losing streak. When you look at their the schedule, the wheels could fly off. Here. They've got they got some tough games coming up. It's funny to think back to kind of what we thought about this team in the off season that the offense was going to have to be better this year to make up for the defense because they were without Navarro Bowman, a lot of injured players, and instead the offense got way worse than it's been. Even even when Alex Smith was there, it wasn't this bad. You got Frank Gore complaining about Greg Roman. Vernon Davis today or yesterday complaining about Greg Roman. I think it wouldn't be a shock to see them lose out. And it would be the second year in a row that Seattle's ended their season. And really, Pete Carroll has won this chapter of the Harbaugh-Pete Carroll feud. They've won four of the last five, including the playoffs, since Kaepernick's been the starter. They've kind of owned them. So what do they have to do? Get a new coach or maybe rethink everything. I don't think they have to do that much. It's a nice roster, relatively. I think their coach could be on the – staff as it is Jim Tom Sula we hear they love this guy uh could rise up and it's a pretty good roster overall it'd be interesting to see if Tom Sula takes over will Greg Roman stay because they need someone who can turn Colin Kaepernick's career around here lies the Buffalo Bills who escaped Canada Bon Jovi and a blizzard (laughs) but could not evade the fork we ask you to try to remember the good times like when they convinced Kyle Orton to come out of retirement. In lieu of flowers, please donate your time and effort to the search party for E.J. Manuel. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad we're putting a fork in them, because they're still here in the mix, 7-6, and six, but you look at their schedule. they got the Packers this week. They're playing the Patriots. They're done. They were a nice team, though. It was fun to watch a Buffalo Bills team that was enjoyable to watch. If they could win one more game, and again, it's gonna, that's a modest pleasure for a Bills fan if they go 8-8, eight and eight. But if they can do that, this is a building block season, and they just got to then figure out the quarterback position because I would assume, and we talked about it earlier this week, that the fact that E.J. Manuel has stayed buried, uh, even as Orton has come back to earth a little bit, kind of tells you that this organization is really down, if not out, on Manuel. So do you get out and just start over that position? Yes. I think good organizations are willing to cut ties with two years into a faulty quarterback. Orton's due $5.4 million dollars. Next year, it's a voidable year. I made a list on, on the site today of the teams that need a quarterback the most. And nice plug. The Bills could be really at the very top because they've clearly given up on E.J. Manuel. You know, Orton's fine to have around next year if you want, you know, if, as a backup option. But I think it's really frustrating for them because this is a team, I think, that has a roster that could have gone deep in the playoffs if they had a quarterback. Well, they we have talked the about them that way in the spring. We asked, are they a playoff team? And we, uh, you know, I mean, it's obvious. Just they were a quarterback away. I think the one thing, Bills fans, yeah, you're getting forked right here, and so there's really no reason to even turn on the television the rest of the way. <laughs> but you go 8-8 eight and eight without a quarterback, Doug Marone saved his job. Here, here's the problem, though, is a lot of times these seasons get uh, 
built up as building block seasons. And it's like, you may never have this defensive line together, healthy at the right point in their careers to, you know, playing well again. You, you just never know from year to year. It almost feels more like a missed opportunity for this team. I don't know. Let's look on the bright side instead. They've Ooh. got Nigel Bradham and Preston Brown playing awesome at linebacker. They get Kiko Alon, the legend of Kiko Alonso mm. back next year. It's good. They've got a good building block on defense. And I think, some of the most impressive performances by a defense all year have been by the Buffalo Bills just flying to the ball. And it also tells us that, you know, they're not hitting on every pick, but they're drafting well. Yes. Finally. Here lies the Miami Dolphins, who proved once again that the porpoise, well, the beautiful and intelligent creature, cannot survive in the waters come December. In lieu of flowers... <laughs> Please donate to the Joe Feldman Charisma Fund. <laughs> because everyone deserves some charisma. If you listen closely, you could hear Ryan Tannehill sailing a deep ball over Mike Wallace's head right now. <laughs> this uh, is the one that had, we had a little discussion about because, listen, they waxed New England in week one, and Greg's been saying all along that the Miami Dolphins have every bit enough talent to win the East. Well, that's not happening. But if they ever beat the Patriots... They'd be eight and six with games against the Vikings and Jets coming up in Miami. But too. none of us believe in them. No, last week's loss to the to the Ravens killed them. That some, was a huge loss. I really love Dan's readings. By the way, I'd like to have a podcast of just all of his <laughs> readings, like collected. Maybe we could sell that as a holiday album or something. Money. My my other favorite thing about this is Dan has. His, week of, his computer on the Wikipedia entry of porpoises. I wanted right to make now. sure a dolphin is a porpoise, and I don't think it is, but no, they're no, the same they're family. Right. So, you know. It was it understood. Enough. Thank was, you. Yeah, we killed the joke It's right a great there. idea, Greg, to have the eulogy at the holiday time. <laughs> Dark dude. Greg loves Black Monday, by the way. That's that's not true at all. Well, that's what you tell Wait, us behind so, the scenes. Uh, anyway, so I because I missed a lot of Mark's point there because I was trying to figure out the porpoise situation. Uh, is is Joe Philbin back? Is Ryan Tannehill still the guy? What is the future of the Dolphins? Assuming things don't work I don't out. I think there's the any question that Tannehill's still the guy. Philbin's a good question. It this is really hard for Stephen Ross because he wanted a playoff season and they. They can make the case that they've slightly progressed each year. They're gonna, I think this was the best Joe Philbin team. I think they'll get to nine wins, and it's not a terrible team, but I just don't believe in him as a coach, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if it, they replaced him. It doesn't them. seem like at least a number of his players believe in him either. I exactly. Mean, I understand that they know oh, in the heat of the moment. Well, you're, you know how many teams have a big defensive lineman shouting at their coach in the heat, you know, the, the late in a game? Here's the issue, though. If they, they get rid of Philbin, it's like then you get rid of Laser, and then you're starting off with a new offense again for Ryan Tannehill, and you believe he's the guy. And, and the defense isn't that bad. It, so it's not as easy as just saying we don't like Philbin's personality. Maybe you can just bump Laser up to the top spot. That's what Henry Hank, Handsome Hank predicted uh, months and months ago. It's true in August. So we've that's 16 forked teams this year. I think <laughs> that'll be it. Because at a certain point, you can't really keep forking teams this late in the season. Uh, so that's 16 down. There were three that were under some level, even brief conversation uh, downstairs or in the Danish room. Uh, Browns, Chargers, and Chiefs all survived the fork, but their uh, our eyes will be tightly trained on them on Sunday. Well, the Browns are the team here that I would vote to fork. I would too. Because they're playing the Bengals this week. I picked them to, to lose this game. None of you guys did. We'll get to that later. But right there I see their seventh loss. Spoiler alert. And and I th I think that they're just a, kind of a mediocre I thought they've been a fun team to watch but I just don't think they're a 10 or 11 win team ready to win three straight games. Well, the only re and, you know, I, 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 I could hear why you'd fork them, especially if Hoyer were still in there at quarterback, but we, it's an unknown. This is a team switching that position to what many think is one of the more electric young stars in the game, potentially. So why I want to wait at least a week. My, I guess you're right and that maybe he will be awesome, but let's put the best three quarterbacked games by rookies all season up back to back to back. That's basically what he's going to need to win three straight. I mean, we haven't, we don't, rookie quarterbacks don't normally come in and just light the world. Well, that is they, very pragmatic and highly depressing. The, no, well, the, <laughs> the Browns, the Browns carried Brian Hoyer a few times this season. They don't need man's on a play out of his mind. That's true. If they play defense like they did last week again, then, then they get a shot. All right, man, it is time. My around the NFL compadres to uh, look through the games that really jump out to us. 
this week, week 15, and we'll start with a rematch of the NFC Championship game of uh, a year ago almost now, the San Francisco 49ers heading to Seattle to face the Seahawks. And, guys, we know what's on the line for Seattle. They need to catch Arizona in the West if they want that division in a home field. They're one game back. Here with three to play. But for the Niners, it's really uh, you know live-and-die type situation here. They're 7-6. and six. They lose this game. You can forget about it. It's time. You know, the whole thing can come falling apart if they go to 7-7, seven and seven, the way things seem so you know, tense in that building right now. How do we see this? So the Niners summon some greatness from their past? I look at the schedule makers, and they did this with Dallas and Philly, too. It was, you just played. I was just at Dan's house on Thanksgiving night. Mm. Dan's wife carving up some turkey, making I some food. The turkey. Dan carved the turkey. Wife made some other food. And bang. Disgraceful. Seattle waxed San Francisco. If that turkey was alive, that turkey would be so high right now. (laughs) All right, that's fine. I don't see that much that's changed with these teams. If anything, Seattle's defense has proven it's gotten only stronger. Well, think how much changes in a couple weeks. Two two weeks ago, this game was in San Francisco, and there was kind of debate among us. This was a game that was tough to pick. Which team is going to take off? Uh, you know, Dan, I remember you took the 49ers. I had mm. taken the 49ers, and I switched it. It was a team that two teams we thought were reasonably equal, and Greg now they just see. That in, just I'm just saying they, they <laughs> ruined my Thanksgiving <laughs> night. Did it? Well, I like you're taking it so seriously. Now they just seem worlds apart, though. I mean, this seems like one of the worst offenses in football. I look back to last year's NFC Championship game. The mm. Seahawks are the exact same team. They have the same defense. They're dot. They have a three-game stretch. They're coming off that's stronger than anything they did last year. Marshawn Lynch is playing great. And the 49ers, I mean, look at that play that Kaepernick made last year, and everyone was just astonished by it, and he's not that guy anymore. And we've talked about, like, the 49ers, they're not scoring points. They're not running the ball particularly well. They're not able to impose their will the way that they have under Jim Harbaugh. They're boring. They're they're boring, yes, and they've been playing poorly this season in a lot of stretches, including right now. But do you guys put any stock into the idea of like the the wounded war horse in a desperate spot, <laughs> like making something happen, even though they're not as talented? Harbaugh, you know, Harbaugh, you know, pushing the right buttons this week, and they come back with a great effort. I could see this game being close. No, not in Seattle. I, I just think Seattle's defense is playing at too high of a level for that to happen. It, it really is the Jim Harbaugh era's last stand. I mean. We've already forked them. We're digging dirt on them. We don't think they have any chance. But they do have a chance. They are 7-6. and six. This is basically it for a team that was close to winning the Super Bowl, a play or two away, a play away from making the Super Bowl last year, and then this is kind of – this is it for this Jim Harbaugh I, run. I guess I'm the only – I think this is a field goal game. I think we're mm. going to see them put up a really good effort, and I don't think they're going to win. But I would be surprised if they just get their doors blown off. I know – they're an inferior team, but I would be surprised if the team went out that easy. When we talked about the demise of the running quarterback, and Russell Wilson's the exception, the most amazing stat I've heard all week is that he has played 50 games, playoffs included, and the Seahawks have led in every single one of them. That's unbelievable. No, no, it, that has a lot to do with their defense, though, too. Right, exactly. That's why, he, that's why he's thriving. I think you put Kaepernick on the Seahawks, they would be doing pretty well. As well, the reason I don't really buy that 49ers argument is even in the best of times, they got blasted in Seattle. I mean, when they were a great team, they weren't competitive the last couple of years. They've just gotten crushed. Kaepernick's beat them once. So sorry, Dan. I mean, we've all obviously we're ruling against you here. But I mean, please switch your pick to the to 49ers. <laughs> like I Do said, it. I'm not picking the 49ers, <laughs> but, but you... I, I think this has been a great team for a long period of time. Right. And I think this is. This is the end of the road, and I think they're going to go out fighting, but I don't think it'll be enough. We're all on the same page on this. I just don't think it'll be embarrassing for him. Whatever, guys. Moving on to our next game. The Dallas Cowboys. Yes, speaking of Thanksgiving, a rematch. The Dallas Cowboys against the Philadelphia Eagles. And this is a game in which the Cowboys are trying to bounce back from really got embarrassed in their building by the Eagles. The Eagles moved into first place. Now the Cowboys have tied the Eagles again. They picked up a game last week. And uh, this is a game in which... Three of us in this group believe that the Eagles will again beat the Cowboys, but one of us disagree. And when that happens on the Around the NFL podcast, we call it a hero pick. And in this case, it is the great, who was it? Greg Rosen? No, Mark come on. Sessler. The ultimate hero. The great hero, Mark the Sessler. Quiet the quiet I'm surprised storm. I got a hero pick on this. Mark Sessler 
Defend your hero. I will defend it. I think that, you know, when you look at these division matchups, I think people want want to bury the Cowboys. Not Dan. Dan's been a Cowboys guy all year, but they want to say this is the end for Dallas. You always use the word people when you want to take shots at me. I'm, no, no, I no. Feel, I see what no, you're no, doing. No. Across the board, right. I think people look at Dallas as they're True. the team that's not going to make the playoffs. I, I like what they did. They went you know against Chicago. I thought they got back on their game plan. They, they showed basically the strengths from the earlier part of this year, translated. Is, is DeMarco Murray out of bed yet? I, I feel like <laughs> after getting 75,000 touches at Soldier Field, that seems strange. I though. thought he looked fresh. I mean, I think he'll be fine. I think that they you know their bye week came at the perfect time. This one thing, these NFC East divisional games, I just went with the split. Philly went into Dallas and stole one. I just say Dallas doing the same thing. But they didn't steal one. That's no, they, why. That's why I didn't all right, pick the they, Cowboys. They, they dropped a bomb on them. But I, w- I would say though, Mark Sanchez did not look good last week. No. I, if he, I could see him potentially laying another egg. Well, then, that was against Seattle, and that's almost what I would call an aberration. So I think this can be a, a game where Philly will bounce back on offense. That, I'm not looking at them to do reproduce what happened against uh, the Seahawks. Dallas showed that they had trouble with Philadelphia. I think it's going to be a real tight, high-scoring game. I picked the Eagles because I think they're clearly the better team. Their defense is playing at a really high level over the past month. They Even in the Seahawks game, Russell Wilson pulled some plays out of you-know-where. Where, no, where, where out of the it? playbook? What's your reference? Uh, took us. Oh. <laughs> wow. Heine. Heine Watch it there. Kids, <laughs> okay. kids could be watching. The butt. But that that that's outside of structure. The Fletcher Cox is playing like a a top three or four defensive player right now. Connor in the Barwin, NFL, Fletcher Cox yes. top three or four. Fletcher Cox is Ooh. playing like a top three or four defensive player in the Sizzle. NFL. He is dominant, and I think that's been the difference. This is a really good defense now, and they weren't earlier in the year. If you're going to make a case for the Cowboys, you know. They really made a big deal about they had the short week last time and Romo had the injury and he couldn't get his normal practice routine in. He couldn't take the pain-killing injection. And now he's had a nice long uh, rest until this game. And he did move around pretty well in that Chicago game. I, but he still isn't the same guy that's going to push the ball down the field. And I think you have a team that's going to make big plays in Philly and a team that has to go 12 plays to score every touchdown in Dallas, and that's why the Eagles win. Greg, a couple days ago on the show, was bemoaning the fact that he picked Philly over Seattle, realizing after the fact that it was a big mistake. Well, sure. Same thing's going to happen again. Mm. And, to all three of you. And you gentlemen know that I, I love, even though I get shots about it, I love the national pastime baseball. And one of the reasons I love it is stats and, and milestone numbers. And football, there doesn't have the same type of ring with that type of stuff. But 2,000 yards as a running back does have that glow, and it's a special number. DeMarco Murray, 394 yards away. He needs to average 131 over the next three weeks. That's not impossible. Oh, he could, he could be a 2,000-yard running back. How do you feel about the fact that if your team isn't the Yankees, you just have to tear it down every few years as soon as you get good players because they get too expensive? Great sport, Dan. I, I'm not interested in this debate right now. No, okay. I have 26 rings to fall back on, good sir. And they, Paulie they gave, O'Neill, we stole Paulie from you. The yeah. Reds, they had him and they gave him to us for Bobby Kelly. Yeah, that it's was not a good trade. them to send those rings to the hands of Grab hands. the reins. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Paulie O'Neill was a great Yankee. The Denver Broncos head to San Diego to face the Chargers. Uh, the Denver Broncos, of course, they leaned hard on their running game of late, and we've talked a little bit about Peyton Manning falling off statistically of late and whether that is something to be curious about uh, as we head toward the playoffs. They face a Chargers team that really needs a win here. Well, they're 8-5, and five. not bad position, but they can't really afford to stumble here. Uh, another game where the three of us picked one team, the Denver Broncos, and one other person, Pick the Chargers. Who is that person? The man speaking right oh. now, Daniel Hansis. <laughs> Defend your hero. I picked the Chargers because, first of all, I am loyal to the team around the NFL, as Wes, you know. To a fault. Perhaps to a fault, but you know what? When I make a decision, I stand by it. I'm going to ride this to the end, and I think this is a spot where the Chargers are going to take care of business against a Broncos team that, I'm sorry, they're due for a loss. I don't think they're going to get the one seed. I think they're the two seed. 12-4 and four sounds right. They're 10-3 and three right now. They could lose a game and still be fine and get that two seed. The Patriots are going to get the one seed. I know that. So I think the Chargers need the game more. I love Phillip Rivers in this spot and at home. Um, hopefully they'll fill that building up with Chargers fans this time around, not like they did against Sunday against the Patriots. So I like it. I, like, I feel good about this hero pick, and I am rolling forward with a team of around the NFL. We gave the Patriots a lot of credit for winning in San Diego 
a different sort of way, like on a day that Tom Brady didn't play that well in his defense. But like, let's give the Broncos credit for doing that. This is a team that in the past would not have been able to win the game on defense and with the running game like C.J. Anderson. And that's, I mean, they put a stranglehold on a pretty good Bills team on a day where Peyton Manning got very little done through the air. It was a relatively routine game, even if it looked close at the end. And that's impressive to me that they can win even when Manning's not playing that well. I would never look at John Fox as a, uh, a young Bill Belichick, or he's older than what They're both old guys, but like, uh, like <laughs> him in the making, a mentorship where, oh, you know, my quarterback's not playing at a high level the way he has maybe in previous weeks, so I'll change the offense and do what we do a different way. The Broncos haven't been have haven't had to do that, and I, I'm impressed with the fact that they essentially took what was a pretty moribund ground game and are able to amp it up behind a line that's had some ups and downs. Moribund. Too. I think more of that. I think the Broncos are telling us something <laughs> about Peyton Manning's arm right now. But you, I thought you, which is what? It shouldn't it be okay in San Diego? It'll be nice and warm at least. It will be I warm. I think there's more to it than that. Remember two years ago when all the hubbub over Eli having a tired arm. Mm. I think he's not the only Manning with a tired arm. Mm. I think Peyton Manning's got something going on. There. Well, and he keeps trying to force the ball down the field because I think defenses are allowing that. I mean, you saw it last week where he th- pushed about three balls down the field. Most of, One of them he hit. One of them picked off. A couple of them looked pretty ugly. But to me, it's because they're they're almost daring Manning to go deep. And for now, he's still been going for it, and yet it hasn't really worked very well. One thing in Dan's favor, I mean, Mike McCoy, who spent obviously a lot of time with, with Manning, He's always played him well in San Diego. I thought, you know, outside of one or two affairs, they found a way to get under Denver's skin. I think when you have Peyton Manning as your quarterback, you you go run heavy out of necessity. It's not because you want to. You put the game in Peyton Manning's hands. What, one reason I like the Chargers a little bit in this game is they are a different defense with uh, Melvin Ingram there, and they're a different offense with Ryan Matthews there, and it helped that Mante Teo's back. I do think their defense especially is different than they were five or six weeks ago when they were in that lull. All right, this is a free Pepsi Cola product from the break room to anyone that could get closest to John Fox's age without going over. We'll start with the Sessler. Uh, 67. What? Wow. I don't know. I can't tell anyone's age above my own. That's, that's old. That's what? not even close. I'll go 57. All right. Yeah, that was right around where I was going. I'm going to go 55 then. Chris Wessling. He is 59 years old. Mm. Wes, you have a Diet Pepsi coming your way. I don't drink Diet. You have a Mountain Dew coming your way. I might need one of those <laughs> later. Bob. This uh, isn't even one of our sponsors. We're just Pepsi Cola. Cola. <laughs> Great product. <laughs> is that their catchphrase? I'm not sure that we – I don't know. <laughs> All right, moving on to Cleveland where the Cincinnati Bengals will play the Browns. The Bengals, of course, coming off that tough loss. Uh, really took it on the chin against the Steelers, tightened up that division. They're up a half game on the Steelers and Ravens. The Browns at 7-6. and six. This is must-win territory for this team. And, of course, they have Johnny Manziel at quarterback. And one of the biggest surprises of the picks, I thought, this week for the around the NFL group was that we all picked the Browns to knock off the Bengals, except for one of us. And uh, he's sitting to my right, and he's got a lot of charm. He's wow. Greg Rosenthal. Charm. Greg, That's the first I've heard of that. Yeah, me. I don't know where that came from. Greg, defend your hero. I think the Bengals are a slightly better team. I thought, much like Mark did in the NFC East game, that it just seems like these two teams should split their season series. I think the Browns have something great going on that doesn't quite add up to a very good team, that they've overachieved. A few weeks ago, I pegged them at 8-8. Eight and eight. This feels like a game they're going to lose, and I don't really have much faith in Johnny Manziel being a difference maker. I don't see why he's going to be better than most of the rookie quarterback performances we've seen. It's really hard to just step right in there. You're facing a tough veteran defense, and I think they, they lose a tight one. I, we've said this before. The Bengals' offense goes as A.J. Green goes. And the best defensive player on the Browns for the past – Six, seven weeks, Joe Hayden is playing at an extremely high mm, level. That's true. His last three games against A.J. Green, 51 yards, 7 yards, and 23 yards. You just scared Greg. I wish I way. knew that before I picked uh, the Bengals. It's too yeah. late, buddy boy. No, I'm sticking with it. Mark, you're confident. <laughs> we talked about this on Wednesday. You, you think there's going to be a molly whopping uh, by the Browns. Well, in this we game. are contractually obligated to make a confident call as part of our uh, Wednesday handiwork. And this was my confident call, just going to go drop a big <laughs> bomb on the Bengals. Greg, 
drinking his little 12-ounce bottles of Haterade. Oh, uh, whoa. No, no, <laughs> typical Sessler. He thinks the world's against him because one person out no, of no, five listen. picked the other team that's probably favored in this game. Look, Give me a break. I think the Cleveland – I'm not actually <laughs> thinking because of Manziel. They almost beat the Colts last week. All Had Manziel been in there and simply churned out a couple field goals, they would have won. I mean, it was an offense that did went in reverse and did nothing. So I, I like where the defense is at. It's it's much as about that as the offense, and they're I, at home. I and they're at home, and I I for some reason I continue to have this image in my head that the Browns are playing a deeply meaningful Week 17 game with a chance to make the playoffs. And I told you, Mark, and it's not personal against you, I see something crushing happening to the Browns <laughs> to not win that game. Or perhaps they do win the game and then they get killed by some team winning later in the day. Something really heartbreaking. Sure. Or Billy Cundiff probably blows something. It, like Something like that can happen. And But still it will be a building block season for a franchise that needs one. So I think to get to that point in the Sessler I have, uh, they got to win this game, take care of business at home. Makes sense. Bengals have a problem. I think they gave up their most yards in a game since 2007 last week, and their best defensive player, Vontez Perfect, is out for the season. That's a problem. They've you know also had a hard time really integrating Gianna Giovanni Bernard into the offense since he came back from injury. Now we hear from Bernard they're going to start Jeremy Hill, use him more as the bell cow guy, Bernard on special plays. I actually think that's a, that's a good thing that's for smart. this offense. I, I don't think Bernard's a great runner. He's a really good receiving back. Hill's a better runner. Hill also, when the Browns went in and stomped them, <laughs> you went to the media and called them a joke, basically. And the Browns oh, players right. said, "We haven't." Forget. It's not all about metrics, guys. Sometimes <laughs> it's ahead. a little bit more. No, and the Browns Keep players going. basically said, "We're going to settle this score with Jeremy Hill on Sunday." And you got your coach calling the Browns quarterback a little person. Come on, this is too much. This is too much talk from a Bengals team that is unimpressive. That forgot that they were the Cincinnati Bengals. Right. You don't live in Cincinnati. Or no, you don't live in Cleveland. <laughs> you live well, in you don't live in either city. We live in <laughs> L.A. <laughs> Moving on, the Pittsburgh Steelers, as we said, had that big win over the Bengals, and now they go to Atlanta, the Georgia Dome, which is just an electric atmosphere for football, I find. Get under that roof, get on that turf, Mark, and away we go. Electric offense. I think you've said enough. All right. Um, setting Mark Love's outdoor stadiums and – Thanks for playing along with me there, Mark. Uh, the Falcons, who, by the way, if we haven't been paying attention, th things are wide open for them to win this division. They stink. That's the problem. But you have Carolina, whose quarterback just was in a two-car accident where his car flipped 14 times. You have the Saints, who, who just absolutely laid an egg at home against that Panthers team uh, before the car wreck for, for Newton. So you have... You know, if all these awful pretending teams that aren't playing well, the Falcons, if they could just find a way to play halfway decent football, could steal this division, will they win at home against the Steelers? Chris Wesley. I haven't been able to trust the Steelers from one week to the next all year. I feel really good about them in this game. Really? Julio Jones with a hip flexor, and he has been their entire offense the last two weeks. If Hul he can play, you're right. If Julio Jones can't play, the Falcons don't move the He's ball. He's been the uh, Le'Veon Bell of wide receivers the last couple of weeks. Just yes, absolute a one-man wrecking crew. But this offense is better than it was early in the year. We, I thought this Who, was one the of Falcons? the Falcons. Only it, because Julio Jones was playing out of his mind. Look at what happened Monday night. Maybe. No one else did anything. We were trying to give them, you know, the Browns defense played well lately. They moved the ball against the Browns. But then they had 500 yards against Arizona. They had a big-time performance in Green Bay. The offensive line, which has been such a disaster all year, has at least been stable to the point where Matt Ryan kind of looks like Matt Ryan and is playing pretty well. Their offense is probably the best thing going in the NFC South right now. If Julio Jones is healthy. Right. I can't probably right. emphasize I enough the, how much he's carrying I took the this Steelers, team. so I agree. But it, it also wouldn't surprise me if they put up 40 points on the Steelers. This is a tough game. I this agree. I'm shocked we oh, all took Only the because it's in Atlanta I is think, it a yes. tough game. I think the Steelers are a much better team than the Falcons. Look, the Steelers But that are, hasn't mattered with the Steelers. The Steelers We've seen that so many times. Two fluke losses from the Jets and Bucks away from having the same record as the Patriots. But is a, when, let me ask you this, Chris. When you're Pittsburgh and you have all week to prepare for – the Bucks and all week to prepare for the Jets, and you blow both of those games, that tells you something. Those aren't flukes. That's something about your team right, that says win? you're not going to show up in a big moment. Right. They also had a very close win against Tennessee, an ugly win against Jacksonville. So at a certain point, it's not flukes. That's just kind of who they are. If they, Yeah, I mean, if they could lose to those teams, the Falcons could beat them. But I think there's a reason we all pick the Steelers because that potential is so great right. with this team, and they're playing well. So, yes, 
I think West, you'll admit it too, we've all kind of got sucked back in by the Steelers because it's so easy to get sucked in by this team. Let's see if they burn us again. Moving on. The Green Bay Packers, who are uh, playing like no one else in football right now, head to Buffalo to face the Bills. You know, the Bills are one of the damned. We uh, forked them earlier in the show, uh, so that tells you where we stand on this game as a group. Uh, But, you know, still, this is a team that's played well at home this year. They've showed they have a great, you know, defensive front. Eddie Lacy is dealing with a little bit of an issue uh, with his hip, I believe, which is something you got to keep keep an eye on. Uh, but still, Aaron Rodgers is on one team and Kyle Orton is on the other, so I would assume that <laughs> will settle this in, ter- in terms of a competition. I actually thought about picking the Bills in this game because of their de- the way their defense plays at home. They just fly to the ball, and then I thought of what you said. It's Aaron Rodgers against Kyle Orton. I couldn't bring myself to do it. It's almost like I, I agree the Bills at home are tantalizing, but it's in enough to keep this competitive for a certain amount of time but what we've seen from Green Bay on offense of late is just an outpouring of points and yardage. They looked completely unstoppable. They're at the point where the, when the Broncos were hitting their peak, where unlike some who want to watch a 50-7 to seven game, and I get that, that's cool, Like I want to see close games, and the Packers are sometimes off my radar as an exciting watch because they're that dominant. This is the one chance they play a defense that might maybe keep it close for a couple quarters. It's a really good matchup with the Packers offense versus the Bills defense, and especially the Packers offensive line, which has gotten a lot of love, like as this reformed great unit. Like we'll see how good they are this week because the way to beat the Bills is not really to drop back and pass 40 times, and that m- might be what they have to do if Eddie Lacy's not healthy. I mean, the Broncos had the right idea to just, just run at them because you don't want to get your QB hurt. I think Marcel Darius coming after you. Well, after watching what Julio Jones did to the Packers secondary, the Bills have to feel good about the way Sammy Watkins played last week. He was making big catches all over the field. And I feel like he's gotten a little left behind, like Mike Evans and Odell Beckham. Sammy Watkins is going to be an absolute star in the NFL. Yeah, but this their offense is so hard to watch. They were reminding me of Jason Campbell with the Bengals last week at the end of the game, just dink and dunk every play. Everything they do is about deception or trying to trick the offense with, like, five different fake screens and Orton throws it five. It's like, after a while, it's not an NFL offense. And and real quick, because of the quarterback, I mean, Watkins didn't cross 38 yards in a game for the four weeks previous. It's like he's hot and cold because of that offense. I think it's also because he's been playing through injuries all year. He looked great this past week. He looked like back to the guy who was dominating earlier in the season. I know we want to move on, but quickly. I do want to give some love to Fred Jackson, the oldest back in the league. Maybe his last few games here, he's still getting it done. It's been kind of fun to watch. I heard he playing Bryce Brown. He, he, there, he's fun to watch, though. He's there were still... some whispers that Fred Jackson could replace Frank Gore in your stable of boys. Oh, they've both been there for a decade. They're two of the longest-term tenants. I don't have as much turnover as Wes. I'm not fickle. I just – those guys Feels have been like a shot. Out. Feels like a shot. What are you talking that, about? That felt Steve a little Smith's bit like a swipe. been in the stable for like 14 years. All right. All right. He's in the Mount Airy Lodge Pocono. Uh, Julio Jones has been in there his suite. entire career. <laughs> Steve Smith, he's in one of those champagne glasses. That's also the hot tub. Oops. Oh, that was <laughs> – It's your boy. Bucky that, Brooks is in there too. That shot was unwarranted. I was just saying, you you admit Fred Jackson, he's been my he guy. Just hurt he has been my guy. Yeah. yeah, that was. It's been a long week, and you know this is what Dan and I deal with every day downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. So while we were talking about some of these AFC North teams that are going to have to slug it out this week to keep their place in the standings and hopefully move up. One team gets a buy there, the Baltimore Ravens. They're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars at home. Uh, everything is pointing. The Ravens playing, you know, very well of late. Everything's pointing to the Jags. Uh, essentially giving the Ravens little trouble, a 33-10 to 10 type game. That's just what I'm feeling. Do you guys disagree, or is this game just going to be a blowout? They're two even, unevenly matched teams. The Ravens are a really good team. Did you know that the Packers are the only team with fewer three and outs than the Ravens this year? They're a, they're a, wow. a borderline great offense. It is so strange to watch a Joe Flacco offense be a top six or seven offense, and I think he is playing – as well as he pl- as he's played, he looks more athletic. Like he's his pocket movement's been great. The only way you beat the Ravens is by throwing a lot on them, and Jaguars can't do that. And they've in Baltimore with this quarterback, this coach. They've been here year after year. This is not an unknown place. And of the whole that whole division is so shaky with the Steelers, the Browns, the Bengals. We don't know what's going to happen. The Ravens are the one team that, yeah, I'm confident to go in and take care of business by about the score Dan mentioned, thirty-three ten. Sure, sounds fine. To we me. all pick the Ravens. Book it. There's uh, one bright side for you, Mark, because of Shoelace's injury, Denard Robinson, a lot of Toby Gerhardt. 
Oh boy, that isn't the bright late. side. I'm not going to get into it. Not too Toby late. Garrett against the I touted him as a lead the NFAFC in touches. Yeah, right. Mark was remarkably, and we all make mistakes, but Mark was remarkably high in the Jaguars as a franchise entering the season. <laughs> I really thought <laughs> they would. Coaching staff, general manager, <laughs> running back. I thought they'd go Blake about 9-7, 8-8. You, liter- you literally picked their GM to make the leap. <laughs> I did. It's great. I and I, you know what? I'm willing to say that I was about a thousand miles off, not on him specifically, but the whole team. That makes you. You are a lover scorned right now. You hate the Jags. <laughs> Be exciting. <laughs> All right, move on. Uh, as we move on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who will travel to Charlotte to face the Panthers and not see Cam Newton, who of course after that car accident will miss this game. Derek Anderson will get his second start of the season. His first start was in Week One, also against the Bucks. He played pretty well there. And the Bucks are in, you know, suck for duck range right now. They're two and eleven uh, at the bottom of the NFL standing. So, you know, don't be surprised if they if they stall and finish the two or three wins. I don't imagine they'll beat the Panthers, but the Panthers kind of stink too. Could be a game. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about a four-win team that's yeah, playing, so true. it's not like... <laughs> right. That hadn't won a game in more than two months. We all picked the Panthers, and I feel good about that because they just don't want to take the Bucks on the road at all. But this is a team that won one game out of nine, and they have Derek Anderson starting, so who knows? I think we pointed to their two biggest weaknesses being an offensive line and secondary for the Panthers, and both played much better last week. Maybe it was just because the Saints didn't show up, but their offensive line looks pretty good. And on the other side of the ball, the Buccaneers real quick, they do have two keepers that they did, that they got off the waiver wire or they off the trash heap in the offseason. Linebacker Danny Lansana has had a great year. And this guy, Jacquees Smith, mm. pass rusher, defensive end, could be a starter next year. Looks really good. One thing about the Bucks: seven games, eight points or less to side. But they've been in a lot of close games. That's the most in the league with the Jets. I mean, and they're losing them, so they're not a good team. But they're not getting blown out week after week. The Houston Texans, meanwhile, they are looking to hold on uh, to their place in the AFC playoff race, the fringe of the AFC playoff race, and they have to travel to Indy now to face the Colts, uh, the Colts led by Andrew Luck, of course. So uh, this this promises to be a tough game. But we will say this about the Colts. They did not look very good for 58 minutes against the Browns last week. They kind of got let off the hook by some bad Brian Hoyer play. So is it possible that the Texans uh, hang around in this game and maybe have a chance to steal it? We'll start with Greg. I don't think so. They've never won in Indianapolis, which I don't put too much stock in, but I do put stock into the fact that the Colts are a different team at home, especially that defense, than they are on the road. They they are a problem, though. They are due to be picked off by some inferior team because they're not really a good team at all. The offensive line's not very good anymore. The defense started out well, and that's not very good. They're just kind of Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton. That's your team. I think their offense, though, is the, the chance to be when it wants to be special. I mean, they what they did last week was no small thing. They completely had the, me- they had the mental strength to wipe out in their minds three quarters of terrible playing. They know that with Luck and Hilton, whoever else, they can come flying back. I mean, this, is, this reminds me of last week's game a little bit. They need to run Fleener and Dwayne Allen in two tight end sets and put Reggie Wayne on the bench. I'm sorry, but I came in Monday morning, and the first thing I said to you guys was, Reggie Wayne's done. He's playing. I didn't know he was playing through a torn triceps, but his game last week against the Browns was the worst game I've ever seen by well, a wide he receiver. Looking, he looked in. <laughs> it was. It was the worst game I've ever seen by a wide receiver. Wait, what about your Kenny Brick games last year? Uh, it was in that territory. Oh, Reggie Wayne good dropped three. Good callback. Reggie <laughs> Wayne dropped three passes, and they were all right in his hands, and he couldn't do anything. No separation. You got to get Moncrief in there. Heron's all right. I mean, it's a good offense. If the Texans somehow won this game, by the way, we we forked them weeks and weeks ago. They got a chance to win the AFC South. Now, I don't. I don't think they're going to win this game. But we are in Week 15, and if they just won this one game, they're one back with two to play. Right. Right. And they, you know, they got a shot. Here, here are our fork danger teams, <laughs> because as as you, when we fork a team, they that means they have no chance in our minds of making the playoffs. And if we get one wrong, uh, Greg donates to a charity, which he'll be the first one to let you know about it. Uh, so yeah, the Texans are one of those teams that we forked. The Panthers we forked, feeling okay about that, uh, and also the Falcons. So you know, everyone else I'm feeling pretty good about. It's only because a division this year is historically. God right. awful that we're even dealing with two of those teams. I mean, we talked about forking the Saints, too. Just forking the whole NFC South out of total disrespect for the entity. I like that. They deserve it. Yeah. 
Moving on, the Oakland Raiders buried more balls and head to Kansas City to face the Chiefs. Speaking of a team that's on the fringe and and on the chopping block and could have a fork sticking out of their back by next week, uh, they are on a three-game losing streak now, 7-6, and six, so they desperately need this win. They will be at home against the Raiders. Everything seems to be in order for the Chiefs' uh, get-healthy game for Kansas City, no? Should be, but the Raiders have a chance to have one of the all-time runs of spoiling team season. I mean, they can spoil Harbaugh in that era, take out and sweep the Chiefs and basically end that rival season. It'd be fun if you're a Raiders fan. Well, you got nothing else to play for. Chiefs' run defense stinks. In the last four weeks, Marshawn Lynch, Latavius Murray, C.J. Anderson, and Kerwin freaking Williams put in four of the best running back games you'll ever see. I have a Sessler that Latavius Murray is going to drop a buck fifty on the Chiefs. Would not surprise me to make this a game. You should switch over and take the Raiders. Sessler. I said make it a game. Not win the game. I wasn't that impressed with Murray against the 49ers. I meant it's a different defense last week, but he ran for like 1.9 yards per carry. He is he is by far the best weapon they have out of the backfield. Weapon, not maybe being the right word. But at least they've moved on from their two 45-year-old running backs. MJD didn't even get a touch last week. I mean, not totally surprising. I think we all knew knew even before the season started that that might not work out. But uh, to see, he he won the rushing title three years ago, and now he's going to be out of the league probably. Have they started measuring his yards per carry and feet yet? This is is (laughs) an insane stat. So the Football Outsiders has the worst run offenses, you know, measured by their – advanced stats since 1989 the Raiders have the sixth worst running attack since 1989 MJD involved uh the fifth worst of all time last year's Jaguars MJD leading the show oh good point so basically he has he has led two of the worst running offenses in NFL history did you get that from the week 15 research notes which I hold in my left hand right now I did not I mean this is straight they they don't go to football outsiders this is their own little proprietary thank you (laughs) <laughs> Dan is holding it above his arm, hoisting it above the world. Yeah, no, they, it's it's a good stat though. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> uh, no, so the Chiefs, though. I mean, we Wes and I last week picked them as maybe sneaking in the back door for a playoff spot. I'm already regretting. Yeah, that. I don't feel too good about that either. I think uh, we might be forking them this time next week. Moving. Wow. Well, you know, how quickly happen. they fall. Well, you know, these things happen. Moving on, the Miami Dolphins. You know, Greg's going to put this as, like, one of the games of the century because he's been talking about this Dolphins-Patriots showdown for weeks and weeks. So now they get a chance. The Dolphins head to New England to face the Patriots. And, you know, earlier in the show, let's be honest, we forked the Dolphins so you know where we stand on, as a group of this with this game. But uh, are the Dolphins going to show some life, the, the porpoises, I should say? They won this game last year. In, at, in week 15 against the and there he against goes. The good there he goes again. I'm just Get telling you Look, I'm just telling you what happened. You're I, not going to hear the word revenge out of New England this week. But that's exactly what's going to happen no, in right. this game. They're not going to get swept by the Dolphins. That's the difference this time around. And I just don't understand how this defense in Miami has collapsed. And I think that, more than anything, is why this whole team might get taken apart in the offseason. Yeah, it's a total weakness right now that they can't. Miami's defense was the reason in week one they, they went in there and did a nice job against New England. I, it's mystifying to me, but they completely crumbled on that front. New England is running the ball well. They're going to put four running backs in there that we've never even heard of, signed off <laughs> right. some sort of street committee tomorrow, yeah, and they'll I mean, each run for 50 yards. You make a good point. By the way, I think we talked about this a little bit uh, over the weekend. All right, Bill, we get it. You're a, you're a master of the world, and you're smarter than all of us. Can you put Jonas Gray in the game? Put him in the game. He ran for 200 yards and seven touchdowns on Sunday Night Football. He oversleeps once, and we never see him again? That's, Not when you that's can what spend, a genius when does? When you can spend six weeks telling Mike Tomlin, I know how to outcoach you oh. and your players with the Garrett Blood running through people. It's so transparent. It is annoying. I usually defend Belichick for just about anything. But get the boy in. His name is Jonas. I mean, he looked great that one game. Just give him another chance. Give him, give him ten touches. He'll and just be see back. What He'll unleash him in the divisional round for 197 it, yards and three touches. It wasn't the going out that got Belichick. It was the Sports Illustrated cover. He was just like, "That ain't happening again, Jonas." 
He doesn't. That's too much attention. He does Mr. not have Greg. editorial control, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's poor. He's looks like he control, does. Apparently, um, yeah. Any so anything else to say about this game? It feels like the Patriots are just typical late December regular season destruction fest, right? Forty to be shocked they don't 21. take care of business. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Ooh, this is a game that has everybody excited. East to west, the Washington Redskins head to the Meadowlands to face the New York Giants. We'll probably see Colt McCoy in this game. Uh, Jay Gruden came out uh, in his Thursday press conference and stated that barring a setback with a, a Friday precautionary, precautionary test with some doctors, uh, McCoy will play with that neck issue he's had. Uh, so we'll get another look at McCoy. I guess at this point, the Red West, you're shaking your head. Nothing has tickled me <laughs> as much this week as Jay Gruden holding off on his quarterback decision to see if Colt McCoy is healthy. Give me a break. Kirk Cousins is better than Colt McCoy. Play him. I, I think it's hilarious that they're waiting on mm. Colt McCoy's health to make a decision. <laughs> Last week, really. It is Colt McCoy. I know. It's hilarious. <laughs> it couldn't have gone worse for Gruden because if he has another game where McCoy doesn't score a point or has a terrible – I mean, he's kind of – Gruden's he digging is. his own grave by just sticking with McCoy. It's, it's the sign of a person guy. who's not thinking clearly. Well, what is he going to do? What, said, you're so excited about Kirk Cousins. I don't know if that's any better. Though. They've averaged 400 yards of offense in, in Kirk Cousins' starts, 300 in RG3s, and about 330 in Colt McCoy's. Kirk Cousins is better. He said, um, "What was that, Mark?" I don't know. I mean, I th- I don't see a whole at this point. If you're if you're Gruden, maybe a little bit of consistency from week to week in practice with the same quarterback. This ship is sinking. I mean, I'm not sure going to Kirk Cousins. I, I see what why you're would, saying. Why would you not play a healthy Kirk Cousins over an injured Colt McCoy? I don't understand that. How many interceptions did he throw? I mean, and he, he moved he, the he offense them with with turnovers. Well, you're How biased. did Colt McCoy you're play last you week? Need, your I'm son is named Colt, and I'll be the it's first been nice to, tell to see you. Colt McCoy back on the field Colt for McCoy the whole is family. Who we thought he was? He I was th- signed to be a third stringer. This that's, is Mark's son. We're talking about. Oh no, it's called Sessler. <laughs> no, I, I like think Colt, Colt McCoy is an average, but we're talking. We're not arguing between Colt McCoy and this outrageously higher supreme being. We're no, talking we're about talking another about, very average we quarterback. Can't, we have to wait for our injured quarterback who couldn't move the ball past the 50-yard line last week, and it was signed as a third stringer. That's who we're waiting on. Well, they're out of the league. They all stink. I uh, mean, come on. It, and maybe it's the offense, too. The reason why Mark is so salty, though, is by tradition, he always has the last Colt McCoy game that he played on a loop in Colt Sessler's room playing at all times that's true actually just all day every day and so right now yeah. they've got that rams shutout stinker everyone's in a bad mood because of it. i have a two-year-old that would drive my two-year-old insane i don't want to deal with the ramifications by the way it's telling i don't know if you guys saw jake rudin admitted earlier this week too that the job has been harder than he expected i don't think he I, he he well, should have known that. that it was going to be a circus in washington but because every year it's something new this year of course, it's that RG3 fell off the earth last year. It was all the Shanahan stuff. But I don't know. This is starting to feel a little one and done doesn't it, with uh, Jake Oh, yeah. Gruden? Yeah, I think who wants Z- who, And who wants Jim that Zorny. job? Jim Zorn. How is, Zorn-tastic. I, how is Bruce Allen going to keep his job? Two different head coaches that he has handpicked have benched the quarterback who he went out and sold his soul for. Here's the thing. With, I don't think Bruce Allen is handpicking anyone. I don't think he's handpicking players. I don't think he's handpicking coaches. He, I think the owner's picking the coaches. He and definitely the coaches brought are in Jay Gruden. Those two are buddies from way back. By the way, Odell Beckham walked across the Hudson River this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. Moving on, the New York Jets are heading to Nashville to face the Titans in a, a game. Really, It's really about the draft more than anything else who will move up uh, and closer to that number one pick and who will bury themselves. So, again, as a Jets fan, it's a tough spot, but I will be kind of rooting for the, the, the Titans. Kind of rooting. That's just wrong. Tanusi? Where, where are we? Well, I don't even know what's <laughs> happening. Uh, but Zach Mettenberger is not playing in this game, so, Wes, you're excited because you get to see a little Chino Smith, Jake Locker action. <laughs> Here's what I like. Fire that up on Game Rewind, big boy. Here's what I like about this game. You know how – the Bengals' Saturday playoff loss has become my favorite holiday. Yes. One of my favorite holidays is also when the patron, patron saint of bad teams, Chris Durham, joins a team during a lost season. <laughs> and you just look up one day, you're, hey, Chris Durham plays for the Titans now. There he is. It's a weird gig, but it's, it pays well. I'm amazed. Uh, actually, I'm not amazed at all. This should be a split performance. Mark and Dan 
took the Titans here, so I'm going to be rooting on the old Jets to try to pick up I a game on you guys. Which always means the Jets lose whenever you have to root for the Jets. I'm just rooting for Dan to get that number one pick. And I hope you guys can take it from there. Well, but now I'm a little ner- I was all excited about Marcus Mariota, and then Bucky rolls in here and tells us that well, maybe Mariota will be right. bagging then. groceries in three years. <laughs> maybe you'll <laughs> be getting James Wilson. for Kurt Warner. The, t- the Titans, by the way, are the worst team in the NFL. That's why I didn't take them. I think they are the very worst team in the NFL if I had to choose one. one it's of Tennessee. The, here's my another great stat from one of your former stable members, Bishop Sankey. <laughs> Trent Richardson has more that. runs. Trent Richardson has more runs over 15 yards this year than Bishop Sankey. Mm. That is disgusting. Troubling. Speaking of disgusting or more distressing, the Jets announced that, or the Daily News reported, I guess the Jets probably announced it, that Jesse Jane Decker, Eric Decker's wife, will be singing the national anthem, no, or excuse me, performing at halftime at Meadowlands Stadium when they play uh, against the Patriots. I don't need you. Don't need to be an expert in anything to know that's a bad idea, and she's going to get booed, and it's going to be a, a, a plot line that the tabloids will be writing. That would have been nice in around like September 18th. Yeah, after she says that the Jets fans are mean, and she got into that Twitter oh my war. God. You, you don't then tr- march her out to midfield for a halftime show. Am I the only one that's using my brain? No, it's, you are. It's a, it's a poor idea. And they probably did this to get back in his favor after all of this. After you know, saddling no him with Geno Smith. No one thinking clearly. Uh, moving on, we head to Ford Field, where the Minnesota Vikings will face the Lions. The Lions are nine and four, and you know they took care of business against the Bucks last week. So that that snapped a nine-game losing streak in December. If they can win this game, and let's face it, it's a very winnable game against the middling Vikings team, they would be in very good position to grab a playoff spot at ten and four. So the only thing that could really hurt them is if they pull a Lions. If they get Lionsy and blow this game, and fr- frankly, I would not be surprised if it happened. I didn't pick, I didn't have the guts to pick the, the Vikings, but I could see that happening. I don't think the Vikings are a particularly good team week to week. I think they, they are a misleading 6-7. and seven. I think Teddy Bridgewater is kind of maxed out what he does, and the defensive line is pretty good, but it's not as healthy anymore. I mean, the Lions, the Lions should take care of business. I think they will. I mean, they finally have their... Calvin Johnson and Golden Tate combination healthy and together. And I, this is one that if they are a playoff team on any level, you got to go in and take care of business with authority. Vikings a little strange, though. It's not an e- a complete cinch of a matchup. No, they beat them 17-3 in Minnesota. Their next two games aren't tough, but you could see them losing one of them. This game against Minnesota, and then they go to Chicago next week. The last two weeks in my Game Rewind notes, I have the same sentence written, this team is better than people think about the Lions. Stafford has a 125 passer rating in the last two weeks. Eric Ebron's finally getting involved. Golden Tate is Heinz Ward. DeAndre Levy's an all-pro. This defense is for real. Do you trust them? The offense is getting better. Do you trust them? Like, right, so obviously you're, you have them taking care of business against the Vikings, but in the playoffs, if they're better than pe- people think, think they're you know, a 10-win team, are they much better than that? I think they're the third best team in the NFC. Hmm. Wow. Quite a drop-off. Really? Two to three. Yes. But you, so you think they're better than the Eagles? Yes. Eh, I, I do. guess it's not that crazy. By the way, and, and Sue set told reporters yesterday that his agent will decide where he plays next, most Th- likely. Thank you. And uh, what's that? I like that. Yeah, you like it. He's candid. That's good. But the, my, my favorite part was when reporters just trying to draw something out of this stone asked Sue uh, what memories are your favorite uh, takeaways from your time at Ford Field. His quote, wins, Thanksgiving. Other than that, I don't know. <laughs> Feeling good about the Motor City, huh? There hasn't been a whole lot <laughs> Wins to uh, and Thanksgiving? <laughs> what kind of answer is that? <laughs> He's not a dumb guy either. And Thanksgiving were two of the lowlights of his career happened back-to-back yeah. Thanksgivings. <laughs> but he loves playing the Villains. Get excited for your playoff run, Detroit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Finally, uh, Monday Night Football, the Nowlin Saints head to Soldier Field to face the Bears. The Bears... Uh, got beat up against uh, the Cowboys in their last meeting on Thursday Night Football. So we get gifted with another Bears primetime game, this one without Brandon Marshall, who uh, got all types of messed up uh, when he took that shot to his back on Thursday. So he's out. And the Saints now in, you know, which will be a really telling game for them, a winnable game, but also a team that's in a little bit of turmoil, as we see the um, Sean Payton benching prominent players and you know they cut somebody and so now they, they have a big game here they have to reestablish themselves and they're not a great road team what happens this is a tough game to pick 
Well, we all picked the Saints, which I which I think is ju- that's well, a surprise. Well, it was just last week that we were saying, all right, you know, we finally figured it out. We're not going to keep falling for this inconsistent, <laughs> disastrous New Orleans team. Good point. So let's put them on the road. Are we supposed a- to fall for the inconsistent, exactly. disastrous Chicago team? It doesn't matter who New Orleans has played; they've been a nightmare. I mean, they're going to go on the road in a frigid environment. I guess the saving grace is that the Bears, they're allowing scores on like 50% of the drive. It's like 47%. It's like the highest of any team in like 20-something years. So maybe New Orleans can get it going. The Bears had reached that rare place for me a couple weeks ago that I thought I'm not going to pick them to win a game the rest of the year. Like I can't imagine. Like if they were hosting the Jaguars, I would take the Jaguars. I can't kill you on that. uh, Jay Cutler was symbolized for me in one play last week that he wasn't involved in. It was Andrew Luck throws an interception, and I think it might have been Joe Hayden. He goes and he's so eager to make the tackle, he actually flies through another player to make the tackle, and I'm just thinking, can you picture Jay Cutler doing that? <laughs> no way. <laughs> no he doesn't care enough. All right, so that's it. That is the previews for all our games uh, that we'll see coming up. We're looking forward to another week as we get closer to the playoffs. This is uh, We'll be back on Sunday. And we'll recap all this goodness. Thank you, as always, for listening. We meant to get to some of those iTunes comments. Uh, We didn't do it this week. We'll get to it next week, though. But thank you to everyone that's been leaving comments and doing all that great stuff to support the show. Uh, This is Dan Hanses signing off for Quiet Storm, The Mailman, The Boss, and TD behind the glass. Until Sunday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual.